Welcome to another podcast from the Royal College of Psychiatrists. My name is Raj Basord, and joining me today is Vicky Price, former joint head of the government's economic services, and who's recently written a book entitled Prisonomics, Behind Bars in Britain's Failing Prisons. Vicky, um, you have an illustrious career as an economist, and yet you ended up in prison, which must have been a terrific shock for you. Tell us a bit about what it was like emotionally, first thing to say is that it can happen to anyone. It's so easy to move from being normal to suddenly being an offender. In fact, when I found myself in prison and encountered a number of girls who were there because of some accident that happened when they went to the pub uh, and were done for joint enterprise, um, my main worry was what would happen to my children um, in the sense of not worrying about anyone looking after them because they were adults, but it was more the realisation of how precarious life in fact is. Um, so I was thinking of writing to them and saying, while I'm away, don't go anywhere, don't leave the house, <laughs> because um, it can just happen to you. You can suddenly become an offender. Um, I didn't write that letter, I have to admit. But what I had done was got myself completely psychologically prepared for this and mentally prepared for this. And also I got myself convinced, and that helped me throughout, that I was going to survive it. And if you go into any difficult situation with a conviction that you will be okay, then you tend to be okay. It sounds from reading the book that a particularly bad moment for you was immediately after the sentencing. Um, tell us a bit about what that felt like. Well, in fact, it wasn't particularly bad because I was expecting it. Um, it was in some ways rather better than I thought because I calculated immediately that this would mean only two months away because I was given an eight-month sentence usually you do half, um, and half of that half is actually spent at home under home detention curfew. In other words, you can't go out at certain times at night. Um, so in fact, I felt, strangely enough, quite relieved um, because I knew exactly what would happen. Um, and from then on, it was okay. Um, I found immediately, even from the moment I was put into the van to move from the Crown Court to Holloway, the solidarity among the, the women was evident. Uh, the photographers were running after the, the van trying to take pictures of me sitting in the cubicle and another remand prisoner who had been in court that day was in another cubicle and the, the Serco um, women who were manning the van were also concerned about my well-being. Are you okay? Isn't it horrible what they're doing? And so on. I just accepted it as normal part of uh, you know, being a photographer. Um, but they were very, very concerned about me. And, and that convinced me that I would find quite a lot of solidarity and uh, friendship and support in Holloway and wherever I went. And it proved to be precisely the case. You seem to be very surprised by the level of solidarity you experienced. I didn't really know what to expect. I mean, my view of the prison system was slightly, well, actually considerably better than anything I could have envisaged because they deal with all sorts of people being thrown at them and they deal with them with reasonable dignity and uh, quite humanely, really, so that was okay. Um, but I had no idea what it would be like in terms of support. And what I found was from the moment I entered Holloway, that support was forthcoming from every quarter whether it was the prison officers or uh, the inmates, uh, the people at reception, uh, the health visitors, um, and so on. Um, and they did rally around me, but I found that 
it wasn't because I was some sort of celebrity. Um, they were equally supportive of others who were coming and who had been in prison a number of times. So the girl who came just behind me um, into prison, they said, oh, you're back again. So they know a number of people who come in and out all the time um, because there is a lot of repeat offending that takes place. Uh, but they were very, very um, um, solicitous about me. Of course, you get locked up, whether you like it or not. And the main thing that I managed to do while I was in Holloway was being out of my cell for as long as I possibly could. What um, was the most surprising thing about prison? It was the women, really, um, and their stories. I didn't expect to hear what the issues were with the women there. I think before you go to prison, or before you have anything to do with the criminal justice system, you have this view, like we all probably do, that uh, there are these people who commit crimes and and they get put away and that's it. Uh, without really thinking why are they there and what have they actually done, and do really understand their stories. Um, and what does it actually mean? Is the system doing the right thing? So of course, being an economist, I immediately started thinking along those lines. Has there been a proper cost-benefit analysis of all this? Um, so the stories of the women convinced me that I had to look at that a lot more carefully. Many of them had been separated from their families. Many of them were vulnerable before they entered prison. Uh, they clearly had become offenders under some pressure from others. Um, and were in a daze. And I couldn't see any great benefit to be had from people being in prison who didn't, in fact, pose any um, threat to society at all. Very, very small number of women in prison are violent and dangerous. And what they are dangerous about is themselves, really. Um, harming themselves seems to be the thing that happens a lot. And that is, of course, one way in which they can exercise some control and get their self-esteem back. What was your worst moment? The worst moment was um, looking at the schedule of lockups and realizing that on Friday nights, Saturday nights, and Sunday nights, and I imagine it's mainly because of budget cuts and prison officers wanting to spend time with their families, um, there is huge um, lockup time which is imposed on um, the prisoners. So in Holloway it would have been from 5pm until 8 or 9am the following morning, which does sound rather a long time to me. Um, so it was Thursday night and I thought, well that's okay, it's 7 o'clock, I can just about manage, and watch TV, read, I had loads and loads and loads of books with me which I was able to take freely. Um, and then I'd go out in the morning and manage to do this and the other, um, but come the weekend that's going to be a bit grim. And I sort of started pacing up and down a bit, thinking about this. The lucky thing is that the following morning I was told not to go to movement, which is a thing where everyone sort of leaves their cells if they have permission and joins various activities, which I was actually able to do straight away. Um, but I had to wait because I was going to be moved to the open prison, which usually I had heard takes a little bit longer to happen, but it happened very quickly with me. I have to say, great relief. Um, where I went afterwards, there are no lockups, there are no cells, there are no fences, no keys around. You can wander around, you know, the periphery of the place. Um, that was the second surprise. I had no idea about the open prison system, which I think is brilliant. 
and the fact that they're now thinking of closing the only two open prisons for women is, I think, quite crazy, because the system works rather well in terms of ensuring that women are able to go out into the community while they're still in serving their sentences and start finding jobs, see the families more and reintegrate in a much better way than if you're suddenly let out after years and years in a closed prison. There's a term in psychiatry called post-traumatic growth, about the idea that when a bad thing happens to us, sometimes we can end up being better people as a result. Thinking about what happened to you before going to prison, as well as enjoying prison, um, when you reflect on, on all of that, um, do you have any thoughts about whether you're a better person for having gone through all of this? It's very interesting you're asking this, because uh, I did Christian Radio, the premier Christian Radio the other day, broadcasting straight into prisons, but loads of other people seem to listen to it, to Christians. And I had a call from someone who was terribly sympathetic and asked whether I was a better person as a result. And of course, I was in a Christian radio situation. So I said, it's for others to decide. And I looked up at the ceiling. You can't, you can't say anything about whether you're better or worse than before. Um, um, but what you can say is have some satisfaction as to whether you're giving something back. I mean, clearly, it was decided that I did something wrong and I spent time in prison. I've done my bit there, uh, but I felt I had to do more. And I think what, of course, a number of my fellow residents, which is what you're called in the open prison, uh, and various others I spoke to wanted was their voices to be heard. And I can get their voices to be heard, and they can't very easily. Um, and they were delighted that I was writing it. Of course, I've kept all the names in a secret. I changed them. Um, sometimes took someone's history and split it in half so that people wouldn't be recognised. Um, but I felt I had to come out and, and explain perhaps what was wrong with the whole system. I mean, after all, crime has declined very substantially. Yes, of course, a number of the crimes are not reported properly and the police does all sorts of funny thing with it, things with it, which we know. Um, but nevertheless, crime has been coming down and yet we seem to be putting many, many more people in prison and have longer sentences. In fact, we've doubled the number of people in prison in the last 20 years, uh, which is completely inexcusable. Uh, it does take, um, you know, if you like, um, you know, the, the, the cues from um, what ministers are saying, in other words, the Green Minister of Justice and reacts in a way to tough words um, by whoever is in government. Um, but what it does mean is that we have ended up with one of the highest prison population per um, 100,000 people of practically every country in the Western world, apart from the US. You, you said, um, and it may have been a throwaway comment, that it, it had been felt that you had done something wrong. And one of the things that we think in psychiatry about post-traumatic growth is the notion of being reconciled with what happened to us. Do, do you still feel a sense of injustice or upset or bitterness about what happened to you? Now, the interesting thing is that I, I don't feel any, anything like that at all. I'm, um, I took a decision quite early on to, to not begrudge anyone for any of this. Um, and also to completely accept the punishment. This was decided one way and that was it. So I've never contested it or said anything about it um, that suggests that I had any problem with what uh, the judge did. The only thing I did say is that I was convinced that's what he wanted to do. And I just accepted it and got mentally prepared to do that. 
Um, so, in a way, if you're looking at your psychiatrist's jargon, I have indeed been reconciled with it. In fact, I got reconciled with it straight away. And loads of people have asked, have you spent a lot of time sort of regretting this and regretting that? So there's no point. My attitude was, if I'm to survive this, there's just no point in regretting anything. Uh, you have to, to move on and uh, see what you can do in return. Is that generally your coping response to stress but and clearly, crisis? I have, there have clearly been times when you know, stress took over, um, but I have generally been pretty strong. What about those times when stress took over? Well, then there's very often there's very little else you can do, but, but um, just accept that you're under huge stress. Um, I don't know whether people have all sorts of coping mechanisms when they're in deep stress that work, maybe they do. Um, What's yours? My, I mean, time has helped without any doubt, um, but my main coping mechanism is to stand back a bit and say it's okay and ensure that you have the support of family and friends and when you do that you're able to move ahead. Um, thinking a lot about the past does not help at all. Any advice to anyone who might be facing a similar predicament to you or facing great stress? Take time off. A lot of time off. Um, and let it wash over you. And do something completely different. But don't cut links with family and friends because those are very, very important. Vicky Price, thank you very much indeed. Thank you.